Are you a fan of all things Star Wars? This is the podcast you're looking for. Welcome to the Star Wars Rant Podcast with your host, Ryan Seddon, along with Chad Viz. And introducing Dave Mann. Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast, episode number 51. A lot going on and a lot to talk about tonight. I'm your host, Brian Seddon. I'm joined by Chad Viss. Greets. And Dave Mann. Never tell me the odds, guys. I have to keep reminding you. But don't. Goldenrod. Talking to you, Chad. What? It's not... I don't like that at all. (laughs) Um... So guys, there's a lot going on. Uh, seems like every day something new is coming out about you know either Last Jedi or Episode Nine, and um, so we're gonna lead off with some of that. But before we do, I do want to um, make another announcement. Our website is finally up on the yeah. internet. Oh um, boy! Yeah, we've been talking about it off and on. And uh, finally For got 51 that 51 episodes. <laughs> it only took yeah. us a year. <laughs> a year. Um, so it's, uh, check it out. It's StarWarsRampPodcast.com. I was going to say www, but do you even need to do that anymore? I don't think I you don't have think to, right? I don't think so. Um, I mean, you so are the Star- one that said to do the Twitters, so uh, maybe I you do. That. I, t- <laughs> 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 I feel like... <laughs> An old man sometimes, <laughs> trying to use technology. Um, yeah, StarWarsRampPodcast.com. Be sure to check that out. Um, we have a, uh, you know, we have some of the podcasts up there. Um, there's a little about section, but then also uh, there's a blog up there. We have our first blog post. It's we review Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars, uh, uh, Captain Phasma number one, the comic. Um, so be sure to check that out, and we'll try to get blog posts up every couple of weeks. And um, and there is also news. We have news on the front page, Star Wars news, all kind of news. I'm going to pull some uh, info from that tonight that, guys, it's not in the outline, but as I was <gasps> perusing the site, I saw breaking news on StarWarsRantPodcast.com that uh, I think we could add to the discussion later on this evening. So, Wow. Um, until then, let's jump into some of this Episode 9 drama the last jedi is not even out yet and all anybody's talking about these last couple days here is episode nine um if you're if you're been you know under uh under a rock or uh somewhere have not heard uh colin trevorrow was let go of uh, or from episode nine and uh as the director there was some speculation on who would take the helm and it was announced that none other than Mr. J.J. Abrams will be directing and writing uh, episode nine. Wow! What do you think, guys? <clears throat> Chad, I, honestly, I think it's good. I think it's a good idea. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm Dave? also all for it. I, uh, I don't. I mean. I guess I feel like a lot of the hate for J.J. Abrams is like it's almost when people try to be contrarian on purpose. It's like it's the in thing to do. It's to not like. I don't understand it. Like I like movies, and I'm not like a I'm not like a like a professional critic or something, and know all of you know 
the plot has to be this and that, but I just know what I like, and I like just about everything J.J. Abrams does. Um, I think Mission Impossible was one of the best. Mission Impossible Three was one of the best ones. It's one of my favorite ones out of the franchise that they did with with uh, Tom Cruise, and he directed that one. Um, I loved Lost, which kind of came out of him. It was Carlton Cuse and, and uh, David. It was a David Lindelof. Can't remember if his first name is Lindelof. Anyways, I like that. Um, lots of other stuff I can't, you know, the Star Trek stuff. A lot of people say, oh, no, you have Star Trek. Stick to Star Trek. And I told Chad earlier, I might have said it in our thread. I think the reason, first of all, a lot of people love those movies, the new Star Trek movies. Thought they were great. I mean, they're huge successes. I like and them. I think that, I think he, and a lot of, like, the hardcore Star Trek people, are like, don't like him as much. But I know a lot of people that do. And I think that he brought a new generation into Star Trek because he made Star Trek more like Star Wars, in my opinion. Hmm. And some people some people use that as a negative, saying that they think Force Awakens was more like Star Trek, which I don't see that at all. Wait, what? At, at all. No, I don't see that at all. How's I mean, like, Star Trek, in my mind, was always like... I think Lucas even said this before in an interview. Maybe I heard him say it where I got the idea. But it makes sense to me. Like, Star Trek was more like... Um, like... Uh, like ship warfare, like like bat, like battleship or something, like where you have sure. a fleet and they're stationary, basically firing back and torpedoes and that kind of stuff. And and the new Star Treks are so much faster. Everything's quicker. Everything's fast. And I don't care about the lens flares. Everybody acting like, oh yeah, JJ Abrams, so many lens flares. Whatever. Well, I think it's they cool. did. They did get a little crazy. Let's 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 be honest. And in fact, his wife told him to gear it down. When he did the Star Wars film, <laughs> um, word for word, gear it down. No, she didn't say Still, that. But she <laughs> did say lighten up on the lens flares. I'm not on that. I'm Big not shifter. on that boat of or bandwagon or whatever yeah. of of thinking it's overboard. I mean, it didn't. It not, it didn't stick out to me. Uh, it, got, it got distracting in this in the Star Trek. And it, it, were you for looking me, for him, or no, was it just something it you just, noticed? Like you're sitting watching the movie, and all of a sudden you're like, "Man, no. there's so many lens flares." I saw a lot. Of, I, was, I didn't even you. know what a lens flare was. I just noticed, like, man, there's freaking like this light keeps shining like everywhere like, throughout <laughs> the movie. And then later, reading about the movie, I saw the complaints about the lens flare. I was like, okay, that's what that was. And now I forever will know. What a lens flare is, thanks to J.J. Abrams. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's you definitely know, I always thought Star styles, Trek's more about things. like uh, the way I viewed it, and you know, not to get off on a Star Trek uh, tangent here, but yeah, I was wondering um, where, where, uh, where am I right now? Yeah, uh, you're on the Enterprise. I, uh, <laughs> to me, it was always about um, engage, like exploration, and then also, you know, kind of like a polit- it had a political vibe to it. Um, Right, lots of diplomacy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, <clears throat> like maybe moving pieces on, like a like somebody in front of a big uh, wall, and they're like moving these things around and placing their pieces everywhere and st- strategizing. You know, we that, that's how it now. Must... What? No, they don't just do that in Game of Thrones, Chad. Oh, <laughs> that's oh not, really? That's not oh, okay. a that's not a Game of Thrones specific concept. Um, <laughs> but um, so, but yeah, you know to. Uh, um, I don't know what we're ship. talking about anymore. J.J. Abrams. He, uh, so, um, you know, I think it's good that he's back on uh, on it because, you know, we talked about last week, you know, a lot of the continuity of the, the movies. Um, you know, when J.J. did Force Awakens, did he know who Ray's parents were, so on and so forth. And, you know, we debated about that stuff back and forth. But now he's doing the last film, which is great. And, you know, kind of find out, 
uh, when we did the the podcast last week, he did have Ryan Johnson in with him through a lot of the editing process um, and the story groups, things like that. So I, I feel more comfortable now that he's involved in this to, to really bring the stories all together. So, Brian, I have to ask you this. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think that that uh, J.J. is worried at all because, you know, he did episode 7 and because there's no over story and they can just make up whatever they want. Now he's like, crap, i got to answer all these questions that I just made well, I think, and didn't have to worry about I think, answering. Yeah, we'll guy. see. You know, because I, I do know what everyone says is in The Last Jedi, we're not going to get the answer to Snoke in The Last Jedi. We might yeah. get a few more clues, but from everything I've heard and read, we're not going to get the answer to Snoke. So J.J. is going to have to answer that. Um, will we or will we not get Ray's parents? I don't know. I, I don't know that that's been confirmed that we'll get it in this one. You would hope so. But I will tell you, you got to get, if you don't get Ray's parents or the answer to Snoke in The Last Jedi, you got to have one of the two. If you don't have one of the two, people are going to be very upset. You got to give us something. I don't necessarily agree with that. I do think they're going to give us more hints, but I think as long as it's very Luke heavy, I think they could skirt by without without giving clear-cut answers on either of them. I think definitely I agree that we're not going to get a Snoke reveal or whatever until the end. Um, I think it's more likely we learn we learn about Ray's parentage, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we learned more about her parents but didn't exactly learn it all and as long as we get to see a lot of luke and learn about a lot of what's happened happening with luke because well, i think we'll that's where that. everybody we'll yeah we have to get that for sure um uh, i mean you could be right i think I mean, that can carry i think that could carry the majority of people through that episode does it does it, it worry ha- you it at all good does it worry you at all that the the co-writer of episode nine is also yeah. also the one that wrote batman v superman does that bother yeah, so, you? Does that worry you? Uh, Do you care? That, that was next. So the, the uh, co-writer is Chris Terrio. And yeah, right. he wrote uh, co-wrote Batman versus Superman. As long as he didn't write the Martha storyline, I think I'm okay. Well, I don't um, think he... Did he co-write Batman v Superman? He's co-writing Star Wars. I don't know that oh, he co-wrote. I thought, I thought that's what you uh, had written down here in the... Uh, throw you under the bus luke, in the outline luke gets ready to kill snoke and he goes padme what <laughs> what did you what did you say what'd you say what'd you what'd say, you say? What'd you say but he says it in the voice of joker instead of batman uh, <laughs> that's good um no so you know i you know so batman versus superman was not a good movie it wasn't terrible um but it, it had it had a lot of issues. Some of it was, yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. Some of it was the casting, in my opinion. Lex Luthor. I can't remember that guy's name. What's his name? Oh, uh, ding dong, ding dong. I would I always get him confused with the other guy from. <clears throat> I can't remember his name. I can't remember his yeah. name, but I know who it is. It's the guy that did uh, Zuckerberg in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know his name, but he was terrible, and that that whole character was terrible. He completely did Lex Luthor wrong. I don't know where this podcast is going. We're talking about Star Trek and Batman vs Superman, but, um, but the tone of the movie, you know, I was I was okay with. Um, so I, you know, I don't know how much this guy contributed to. Batman they're trying to do. They're trying to do so much. I think a lot of that has to do with the shoes they had to fill 
and and the and the and going up against Marvel per se. Yeah, you to know? me, to be it's honest, a lot with you, of stuff they had to do. I think they should just start all over in DC. Just just start over, and you know, redo the whole thing, because I think it's so convoluted now. Um, well, I think that that that's easy to say, but they're already. I know they're already invested in it. Yeah, but so does it worry do you for Star Wars Nine? That's the question. Oh, Chad, stop I bringing it doesn't, I, I it, mean, doesn't it doesn't for me. It doesn't for me. Yeah, because I, I like agree. What but I said about the fact that this JJ is a lot there, easier, right? I think, to work with. A lot. The source material is a lot easier to work with. JJ is JJ is going to be the lead to. You know what I mean? And if yeah, and if Kathleen Kenny doesn't like it, he's gone. He's gone. gone. Let's yeah, get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. Let's just fire yeah. him. We, we had difference of opinions, and so he's well, dead. We put him so, at the bottom of a river you know, somewhere. Talking about firing. What so if she so, was like, "Hey, what if Kathleen Kennedy? What, what, what if this was all a a big thing?" And she's like, "Hey, if uh, if I'm just saying, if Batman v Superman turns out to be a flop, you might have a job with Disney." And <laughs> they tanked it on purpose. Wow. <laughs> um, so speaking of firing, so some news has come out as to why uh, Trevorrow was fired. So you know, if if you still are curious as to what happened, there's there's a couple things. Um, there's two main reasons, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, there was major script issues throughout the development of Episode Nine. Um, he had written multiple drafts, and Lucasfilm was not happy with his work. Um, and then that's in when in August they hired screenwriter Jack Thorne to try to clean some of that up. Um, he uh, Trevorrow wasn't pleased with Lucasfilm bringing in another writer in August, who who again was Jack Thorne. Um, he says, uh, he was previously working on the script with Derek Connolly, with whom he collaborated on his films, uh, safety, not guaranteed and Jurassic world. And then, um, slash film reports that when Connolly left the project and Jack Thorne was brought in, Trevorrow wanted to leave out of loyalty, but he was talked into staying and working on a new dra- uh, draft with Jack Thorne. Um, but apparently how that was turning out, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, didn't like it. Um, the second reason was because Trevorrow did not get along well with Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm president. So according to this, um, they say that he was uh, he was being difficult. He had a similar perception of being difficult um, when he did Jurassic World and The Book of Henry, which was a terrible movie, uh, according to every critic that saw it. Um, says, during the making of Jurassic World, he focused a great deal of his creative energies on asserting his opinion, uh, but because he had been previously hired by Spielberg, nobody could say, you're fired. Once that film went through the roof and he chose to do Henry, uh, Trevorrow was unbearable. He had an egotistical point of view and was always asserting that. Um, so they say he's really difficult, um, egotistical. It says... Uh, He's quoted as saying, directors require a level of confidence that can border on the delusional. You have to push it right up to the edge of arrogance, but never cross the line. Um, so, there you go. He Kathleen Kennedy didn't like him, basically, because he seemed to be a, a jerk, according to the reports. I'm not saying that, but... Uh, you heard it here first. Brian said in Star Wars Rant Podcast, Colin Trevorrow, big jerk. Yeah. Put it on the back so, of the box. So that's that. Any uh, Anything else on episode nine, guys? I'm glad it's can settled. Everyone, 
Yeah, I'm, can we just relax and get back to the last year? Yeah, I mean, then you didn't mention that they changed the date now from May to December oh, they after did. all. Yes. So yes. it's got moved from May of 2019 to December of 2019. You know, which that's fine. Now they all seem to be coming out in December now anyway, so why not? Yeah. Why not? So, um, all right, so back to The Last Jedi. <laughs> Uh, there's some cameos that we've heard about now for uh, Episode 8, The Last Jedi, uh, appearing at a press conference in Japan over the weekend. Ryan Johnson revealed that Joseph Gordon-Levitt will be making a voice cameo in the hugely anticipated movie. He said, uh, I think it's okay to say this. My very good friend, the actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was in a movie I made called Looper, uh, he does a cameo as a voice of an alien in the film. It's very brief, little thing, but it's fun. And if you watch the movie in here, maybe you'll pick out Joe's voice in the movie. It's the first time I'm revealing that. So, uh, another Batman connection <laughs> to Star Wars. Yeah. All right, that's so, cool. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's fine. There's other, that. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There's other cameos. Tom Hardy, uh, Prince. Yes. Prince is uh, Batman uh, again. What? <laughs> Batman again. Tom Hardy. Prince yeah. William and Harry, and uh, Gary Barlow. Who's Gary Barlow? Am I supposed to know who that is? You know, he's the 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 guy with uh, his name's Gary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Gary. Don't know. I, I know who the princes is. are. Um, is he? Is he? Let's just see. He's. Uh, oh, let's see. Is he a singer? That's Barry Manilow. I don't know if you're <laughs> confusing that. <laughs> ah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, That's what I was getting uh, so confused. I don't know. I don't know. Brian. Gary Bar. Oh, I guess. I guess he is a singer. Yeah. Yeah. Take take it. Okay, I, t- <clears throat> I don't want to say I took it on the podcast, Chad. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gary. So what do you guys feel though about uh, about all these cameos? Though is it is it getting a little too much? Is it getting out of hand? Right, I think it's just throwing everybody bones. If we didn't know about it, I don't think it affects the story or anything at all. It's just the fact. It's just the fact that we know about it because everyone's like, "Yeah, I got to be in a Star Wars movie." You know, yeah. it's a big deal. Like, like I mean, the fact yeah. that like big celebrities like, who are millionaires, like that's cool to them. But we got we got Prince <clears throat> Harry and Prince William in it now. That's, I mean, it's like that's kind of you're gonna cool. hear like Trumps in it. Like, no, see that the reason that's cool <laughs> Trump, is because <laughs> he'd be an alien. He's, he's already been in movies. <laughs> the he's in he's in uh, one of those uh, Home Alone movies. Um, but he it's cool to have royalty in it because. One, obviously, they shoot a lot of Star Wars in England, right? And that's that's kind of a big deal. I think that's cool to put the the princes in there. Um, but like in Episode Seven, you had Daniel Craig as a stormtrooper that uh, when Ray yeah. was in was captured. That's a cool little cool little cameo that you really don't know, but you know you find out after the fact. Okay, but see, I don't want to see like their face in. Like they're gonna be stormtroopers, I think. Right. Okay. That's I don't I don't know what their role is, but obviously with. You know Joseph Gordon. He's he's going to be an alien, so that's probably mocap. I don't I don't think you'll know who he is. Yeah. Um, Tom Hardy. I could see him being a, a stormtrooper or something as well because of who he is and such. But I don't know. I think it's cool. It's it's not like we're seeing Ed Shireen sitting around a campfire singing a song. You know that's just <laughs> that's kind of weird. I don't think we'll have anything quite like that. All right, Chad's for it. 
we'll be sure to, to announce any any other cameos that pop up um, on there. So uh, next, uh, Chad's favorite new Star Wars. Uh, I don't know if you call him a character, but I, I guess so. The Porgs. <laughs> more on the Porgs. Um, so Ryan Johnson reveals more about the Porgs. He got a tweet from uh, We Are Still Flying at Half a Ship. Is that how that works? How does how's, explain Here's Twitter how, to me? How Chad. the Twitter works? Is that, what's the name? Ryan, is that the name is, is We Are Still the Flying? Ship. The name. So what's We Are Still Flying? flying. I, that I don't know, but Half a Ship is uh, is their Twitter handle because it comes after okay. the at sign. Okay. The, we Are Still Flying is like you could put your name in and then your Twitter handle. That's what they have in their name spot for some reason. So uh, Half a Ship tweeted <laughs> tweeted Ryan Johnson and said. I'm having a late night depressive episode and would like to know some more facts about porgs. Thank you in advance if you read. So Ryan Johnson replied, get a life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> replied, uh, wow. yeah, they are seabirds. Their coloring varies. Males are slightly larger than females. They can fly short distances and they're inquisitive. So, um, so there you go. Do you think he made that up like on the fly? Like, oh, I'm just <laughs> going to create some canon here. Um, For something this this probably minute in the story, in the movie, he probably has the uh, ability to do that, the freedom to that, do that. So, um, so uh, supposedly we already know that Porgs are residents to Octu, which I guess we didn't know that, um, where Ray and Luke are. But uh, I guess at one point, and Chad, I don't know how you missed this because you're in charge of Pablo's tweets, but uh, Pablo tweeted out or said uh, that the Porgs build nests. They can fly. Their babies are called Porglets. Um, so there you go. So, so just to recap everything we know about Porgs at this point, <laughs> Porgs are seabirds. Their coloring varies. Uh-huh. Male Porgs are slightly larger than female Porgs. They can fly short distances. They're inquisitive. They build nests, and baby porgs are called porglets. Hmm. The more you know. Isn't that <clears throat> something that shows up on TV and it's got a little yeah yeah star jingle? Yes. That's right. You know. um, Public service announcement. Yes. All right. So uh, I see you guys are excited about that segment as much as I was. Um, we're going to move on to the last Jedi trailer that still has not come out at all. Um, Patiently waiting. So there are some possible leaks. We'll get into the leaks in a minute. Um, but, Chad, you, you uh, were kind of texting uh, Dave and I some um, research you did on trailers for the Star Wars films. And uh, tell us, tell us what you found. Well, if you remember last week, we were talking about the trailers, and we were talking about, well, I don't remember how episode seven went and the scheduling and everything like that. So I did some research on finding that. Uh, a few weeks beforehand, I had mentioned that most likely we'll get the next trailer or the ne- you know the main trailer in October. That seems to be the the going rumor. So looking back at the Force Awakens, um, obviously that came out December seventeenth, two thousand fifteen. On uh, November 6th we got the of 2014, we got the name announcement, so they announced what the title was. Um, on November 8th of 2014, we got the first teaser trailer. 
It was an 88-second teaser trailer that was put in select theaters and then put on YouTube shortly thereafter. Um, So that same month after the announcement, a year ahead of the movie's release. Um, And December 11th, 2014, the Tops cards came out, which we talked about those having a lot of spoilers in them, so you kind of want to avoid them this time around. Um, And then we didn't get anything else until April of the following year, 2015, at the Star Wars Celebration. They show the second teaser, which was 120 seconds long. So that was the second one, again, another about five months later. And then the third teaser, or the third trailer, we got in October of 2015 during halftime of a Monday Night Football game. Um, so that's how the trailers were released for um, The Force Awakens. Now, Dave, I, I did a little bit Jedi, and then Dave did even more um, digging for The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi's name announcement came January 23rd of 2017. Um, so later, you know, much closer to the actual release date. Um, and I'll let Dave here in a minute get into why that probably is. Um, on April 14th, we got the first official teaser trailer. So with The Force Awakens, we, the same month of the announcement, we got a, a, the, ta- the teaser. This time we did not. We had to wait all the way till April to get the first teaser, which was at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we watched it a bunch of times, talked about it. Um, and then in July, we got the behind-the-scenes footage, which showed a little bit more um, and some cool shots as well um, for uh, the like making of the trailer, which was kind of cool. And now that's all we've had. The rumor now will be that we'll get the next one in October, and that'll probably be the last <coughs> one that we get. So one less trailer most likely than The Force Awakens. And Dave, you had some good points today in the thread on why that a couple reasons why that probably is the case. Well, yeah. I first of all, um, one of the big reasons is that for all of the hype building for the Force Awakens, I mean, that's the first Star Wars movie in ten years from right. Revenge of the Sith that came out. So they were, you know, they they had a lot, and it's not it's not hard to get Star Wars fans excited, but they did. They, I mean, that was the hype train they were building, and totally. it was a big deal, and they didn't have anything to watch out for or to step on um, because when you got a movie coming out in 2016. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, yeah, Force Awakens. We're talking about Force Awakens. Force Awakens came out in 2016. 15. So 2000, 15. 2015, sorry. 2016, that's what I was thinking about. 2016, you had Rogue One come out in December. Right. Yeah. So you're not going to... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to announce the big name for your big movie next year, like a month before... Your big, you know, your, all of your momentum is going into Rogue One. Yeah. So, Rogue One came out in December. Then you still got a bunch of people watching Rogue One through January, um, and into February, and then you're gonna, you know, eventually going into the digital HD and the and the Blu-ray and DVD release, which I believe happened in that April, was, right? Yeah, I think it was early April or late March, one of the two. I guess I should have paid attention. Did that? that it happened before we got the trailer. I believe for, so. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I think that's I think that's pretty obvious why they didn't want they didn't want to step in their marketing for Rogue One. Um, they only have a year, literally, between Star Wars movies. Even though Rogue One was the anthology movie, still and Star Wars. yeah, it's still Star Wars, very much so. And they don't want to step on any of that publicity. And they have this obviously this plan where they're going to release them basically every year. It's where they got these 
you know, awesome Star Wars things coming out. So they're going to, I think this spreading out of the advertisement is going to be similar to this moving forward, just because it doesn't really make sense to do it any other way. Right. Um, I think that, yeah, I think the trailer, you know, we got the teaser, we've got some of the behind the scenes stuff, we got the tops cards now, and now I think we're going to get the official trailer in October, and then we'll see like a few variations of that in like on TV spots and stuff. Until you go up to the... So we're saying one more actual trailer. Like, true trailer. I think yeah, because so. even Star Wars on their YouTube channel, they labeled what is out now as a teaser. Right. So it's a teaser yeah. trailer. So the official trailer hasn't been released yet, according to their wording. All right. Well, we do have some uh, some leaks for those that can't wait. Now, let me just preference this. This comes from a guy named Mike Zero. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mike Zero, but he has a Talked YouTube channel. Before. Yeah, we have. We, he has a YouTube channel. He usually does like a lot of theories, um, and then he also uh, does a lot of leaks. Some are accurate, some are not. There's nothing here that's gonna like ruin the movie for you. They're not. Be honest with you, uh, these aren't even um, groundbreaking. But you know, it's, we we just want to bring you some subpar content, um, and that's what we're gonna do right now. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> um, he, uh, he has made six new revelations. He has these, he says he has sources at Lucasfilm and Pine, uh, Pinewood Studios that gives him this info and, um, and other sources, um, on Star Wars sets, uh, you know, as, as a film. So here's, here's number one. I feel like I need like a number one. So this one. is these revelations uh, for the, a trailer the, trailer, Tra- the next trailer okay. the next trailer so uh gotcha. so there's going to be supposedly okay here we go number one <laughs> there's a wide shot of a new flagship that appears to be part of the resistance going through space over an unknown planet wow so th- there there you go um that's that's usually happening in every star wars movie <laughs> yeah so it gets better boys it's good just just you wait it's gonna get good uh number two number two yeah nice uh there's a there's a back shot of luke with his satchel climbing oh, the nude? steps of the jedi temple on octu they both turn around and appear to be looking at something <laughs> Sorry, whoa stop. there you go there's two. <laughs> um, oh man Number three. Uh, number three, a panning camera to Octu with Luke and Ray side by side looking out to the ocean on a cliff. <laughs> okay, that's number three. Number oh, four. Okay. Number four is an altered shot of Ray inside the Clochan with her lightsaber. Now, I Googled Clochan because I had no idea what that was. C L O C H A N. Those are those stone huts. Uh, that you see on Octu, um, and apparently that's actually like a, a real term um, for those. Uh, her hood is up over her head, and this shot has her igniting the lightsaber. So there's that. Number five. A bird's eye view of the main casino at Canto Bight with speeders taking off at night. The speeders have a distinct sound. Number six. And lastly, Finn and Poe running through the resistance base at Dequar with many explosions. So there you go, guys. You you, you don't have to uh, to wonder. <laughs> There's some vivid examples of what you're gonna see 
<laughs> you, you don't even have <laughs> to watch it. Trailer. I mean, come on. <clears throat> I could have just like made all. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're gonna see stars in outer space, and ships, and our, our planets. main actors, and a lightsaber. You're oh. gonna see the Millennium Falcon, and the back of it will be blue. <laughs> But I bring it up because, you know, a lot of people are going to be talking about that. So so there it is. We covered it. I hope you're happy, everybody. Wow. You did yeah. this. The stones you did this. You did The this. stones at some point fall back to the planet. Yeah. They don't just levitate the whole time. Uh, You've heard it here first. Uh, Star Wars rant. Um, all right. So, uh, so... Uh, some more news here. The Last Jedi locations, uh, they're going to appear in comics and print. So some of this is interesting. Um, so released 10 days before The Last Jedi arrives in theaters, Star Wars Canto Bite, which I believe is going to be a book, will feature four interconnected stories by, um, by various authors, each focusing on different customers of the casino. Characters will include interplanetary contract criminals, <laughs> successful masseuses and a liquor trade who is in for a surprise when a planned purchase doesn't go as planned all of which suggests that Canto Bite might be the upscale new home for the kind of scum and villainy that used to frequent Tatooine casinos back in the original movie I would say cantinas not casinos we never really saw do we see a casino in, in I mean I'm Tatooine? sure there was some gambling in there of some kind but not on the level of a casino Right. Right. Um, so there you go. That's 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 kind of cool. Um, another thing. This is going to be in a comic. Uh, Canto Bite. Um, I'm sorry, not Canto Bite. Um, we're going to see Crate uh, in a comic. So the Last Jedi will be expanded upon in spinoff material. Leaked so, leaked solicitations for Marvel's December output have revealed that the mineral planet of Crate, which can be seen filled with red dust in the first teaser for the movie will have its own backstory revealed in a comic book uh, featuring Luke Skywalker and Leia. So there you go. Interesting? Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, <clears throat> before we wrap up the news here, because I don't think we have anything else in news. Yep. Um, before we wrap up the news and jump in a couple other things, um, I said I, I saw something on our on our page uh, or our website StarWarsRantPodcast.com um, on the news section that jumped out at me. Um, hold on, we gotta. There we go. All right, so this uh, this title Star Wars teases K2SO's survival after Rogue One. So this has some possible comic spoilers here, but I want to read this to you guys, and then I want to, I want to get your thoughts on this. So first of uh, all, yeah. First of all, I do want to say, he's a droid. He is a droid. So very. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's there's like you know it makes a lot of sense that he could be salvaged and yeah survive. Well, um, so it says the latest Star Wars comic. Uh, so this is the main Star Wars comic that comes out each month. Uh, the latest Star Wars comic was an action-packed rescue mission featuring uh, R2-D2 and uh, it says though R2-D2 might have proven itself to be the deadliest droid in the galaxy wait what? <laughs> the comic might have teased the survival of his competition I don't know about that statement but the reprogrammed imper Imperial oh, sorry guys I keep getting pop ups 
Hold on. <laughs> Spectrum. On our okay. website? On our own website? No, it's on my phone. I'm on... Uh, no, so... <laughs> no, it's a link. It's a link to another news story on our website. So, um, the reprogrammed Imperial security droid known as K2SO um, obviously was a fan favorite. We all know that he met his end while locking down the data vault uh, to help Jin and Cassian escape um, or locate the Death Star plans. Uh, it says, to Dave's point, droids can be repaired. As we learned in Empire Strikes Back, in the issue might have given fans their first glimpse of K2SO after the events of Rogue One. It says, in the comic, R2-D2 mounts a one-droid mission to rescue C-3PO from a, an Imperial Star Destroyer. The protocol droid was previously captured after a failed raid on a rebel base, and the Empire planned to interrogate and extract information about the Alliance from him. R2 manages to make its way on the ship and become a formidable threat, constantly tricking squads of stormtroopers to take out each other and other droids. One such droid is an Imperial security unit who, speak, who speaks suspiciously like K2SO. So in the scene, you see a droid, I'm sorry, you see a stormtrooper say, don't move droid. And then you see a um, the same type of droid that K2SO is says, I assure you I have done nothing to. And then another uh, stormtrooper says, just blast him. Um, hmm. So. This is plausible. It sure, it, it sure sounded like K2SO, Sounds Brian. exactly <laughs> like what I would picture him saying if I were to look and see him pictured saying something. All right. So what do you, what do you think, though? Do you think? It could be him. Think... I mean, it's possible. Are you looking at Yeah, it definitely or? could be. Definitely could be him. You got the comic, Chad? Is that the actual comic? Yeah, it's the actual comic. It came out two weeks ago. Oh. All right. So what do you think? How come I mean, you didn't bring this up to us? Because I haven't read it yet, Brian. That's why. Oh. Chad, I don't, you, you own a comic I don't, store. That doesn't yeah, mean I read do, all the Chad. comics right away. Yes, it does. No. You do read all the no, comics. I you mean, have a picture with Stan Lee. You have to read them or you can't sell them. That's a rule if you own a comic book store. <laughs> that is true. The, that, from, what I under, from what I'm seeing, that's the only panel that that <clears throat> Imperial security droid is in. Now, it, sure, it could be him. He has red around his arms, though. Does he have? Does K2SO have red bands around his arms? Like, look at look at his <clears> arms. It's gonna be hard to see, but see that little bit of red hey. there. I see that, but also I can't see when uh, C three C three PO also didn't have a red arm for a whole six movies. Sure, they could have. They could. That's true. They could. They could have made some adjustments. I I don't think it's him. <clears throat> it's just, yeah, I mean, because you saw Jin shot one that looked just like him, and he's like, "How'd you know that wasn't me?" You know, right. so I mean, he's not the only one had, because they had red bands around his arm. <laughs> we saw in, in Rogue One, we saw two other, uh, you know, I don't know what K two SO's he's a, he's a security droid, droid call sign is or, or whatever. But yeah, yeah didn't we, you say K2, what it was just K2, a second ago when you were reading K two SO? That's his call sign, and uh, he's a security no, but that's him. Yeah, but that's that, that's just him, like, but I don't know what the others are called. R two, well, they're probably K two as well because R two, there's R two units. Oh, okay, you're right. And C C three PO is, you know, there's other. He's a C that unit. Like Dennis, right? I don't know. He's a um, C three PO unit. 
I doubt it's him. I mean, it's it's a cool little I nod, I think, to to K2SO because that's the first time where we've been introduced to that type of a droid, and to now throw it into your canonical, you know, post uh, New Hope world is cool. But I think it's just that. I don't think it's actually him. I mean, you'd have to show somebody going in and like taking his Say, data chip or whatever unless, he's got in him. Unless they plan out. on doing a five issue K2SO survival story, which don't put past Marvel because they like That's to do true. the five issue spinoff comics. But then, but then where's he been? You know what I mean? That's the problem with that kind of stuff. Where's he been? They, they wiped his memory you and he's know? now serving on the Imperials and he actually is the one that uh, tortured Leia with Darth Vader. Oh goodness! Oh, he was re- he's he was put, in he was, he was the orb instead. Yeah. <laughs> it transferred his brain. They're droids. They're machines. It is cool little nod, but I think that's all. Oh, yeah, I agree. All right, so um, enough of that. I thought it was interesting though because I hadn't seen that. So um, Dave's going to bring us a new segment. Uh, I don't know that we have a name for this segment, um, but so so until then, we'll call it theories. Theories. <laughs> So, yeah, like it. go ahead, Dave. Now, now, Chad, um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. But last episode, we very quickly referenced the fact that in I believe in some of the novels, there has been talk about how lightsabers quite possibly have some sort of slight sentient. Yeah, ky- like kyber crystals or some type of kyber crystals in the most recent issue of uh, Darth Vader. Palpatine mentions that kyber crystals have a life of their own in their own sort of way. Not as if they're alive like humans are, but they're alive in their own sort of way. Also, in the Clone Wars, or I'm sorry, yeah, the Clone Wars uh, animated series, when they go get, when the Padawans go get their specific kyber crystals, those kyber crystals show them visions. Um, Those kyber crystals call out to them. So there's been a, you know, They've alluded to the fact that kyber crystals are alive to a, to a certain degree. Yes. So going into this theory, um, I wanted to kind of remind everybody and lay that groundwork that, that Disney and Lucasfilm have been really going out of their way to refocus on something that was not really brought to light that much in the movies. Um, in a lot of the expanded universe it was, but now since that's all been... Pushed out into the uh, what do they call it now? The, what's the expanded universe? Le- Legend, oh, it's still yeah, called Legends. expanded or Legends. That's right. Now they're now they're making a lot of that canon uh, again and retelling it, and they're doing a lot of focusing on the Kyber crystals and how they're important. And uh, we know now that when a Jedi gets his Kyber crystal, all of the meditation, all of the Force, whatever sensitivity and stuff, the the work and effort that goes into basically fine-tuning this crystal to you, to that Jedi. And the same thing with Sith, how they have to manipulate and corrupt and change those same kyber crystals into uh, whatever whatever they call them. It's still a kyber crystal, I guess, but it turns them red because of the dark energy or whatever. Make them bleed. Yeah. And, and I think, Chad, you've talked about in one of the Vader comics about how basically it like it, it completely Vader was like spent doing that. Like all ki- it showed him doing all kinds of different things, levitating and moving around while he was basically working his crystal. Is that correct? Uh, that 
Or am I remembering something else? That sounds like else? Darth Maul. Darth Maul <clears throat> had, when he made his double-bladed oh, one, Darth he, Maul. he was down in like a furnace of a planet for like six days. That's right. Meditating and, and making his crystal. And that's from that's from canonized right. novels? That's Yeah, that's... Okay, that's what yeah, I thought. I believe so. So they've so there's no doubt that they've put a lot of focus onto this stuff. So this theory that I want to talk about today is called the lightsaber theory. Now and it's referring to mainly the Force Awakens because that's all we got to go on at this point. But I do want to point out there have been talks about Luke, his last Jedi toys, maybe having a crystal. I know some people have said it's not. They've come out and said it's not Vader's Kyber crystal from his red saber. But um they have, you know, obviously talked about Kyber a lot and how we didn't know before these new movies and stuff that it was powering the Death Star uh, weapon and all kinds of different things. So, going into this theory, I want that to be kind of in the back of our minds. Um, so, to give some, basically, the groundwork for this, I'm going to do some of the, I'm going to take a page from Brian's book and read <laughs> quite a bit. Because this is a lengthy article, but I, don't, I can't read all of it. But I'll give you the gist of it. Um, so obviously, one of the biggest questions from The Force Awakens is, who's Rey? So everybody's had all kinds of theories, and we can, you know, different segments we can talk about, or different episodes we can talk about, different theories about that. Um, I've had mine own. Uh, a lot of my friends have had our own. We've shared them. Some people think she's just a nobody. Some people think she's a Kenobi. Some people think she's a Skywalker. Um, it's all kind of, some people have even said she's a, she's a Palpatine. She's one of his descendants or something. Um, this one says she's not any of those. And it's very interesting. Um, they think that all of the answers to her not being those people are already in The Force Awakens. Um, and there's been a lot of uh, vague answers given to her parentage from J.J. Abrams to other people and from him saying, you know, her parents weren't in The Force Awakens. Um but anyways, the focus of this, going back to the lightsaber, is that everything we need to know about Rey and her parents can be surmised by the understanding that the role of Luke's first lightsaber was, at one point, a major plot device in The Force Awakens. Now, I didn't know this. Maybe you guys do, having 50 episodes behind me. But years ago, before Force Awakens came out, there was talk that the plot of the movie was going to be about getting... Luke's lightsaber back to Luke. Right. And and that a lot of the stuff that they left in still kind of points to that. Like in the teaser trailers, it shows the lightsaber being handed off to Leia. And at no point in the movie do we see that. I mean, we think it's Leia. You know, we hear he says, my sister, and it shows it going to an adult female hand being handed to her. And so there's scenes, you know, when... Uh, Ray and Kylo face off at the end of the movie. He says, you know, that doesn't belong to you. That's mine. It belongs to me. It's a my lightsaber. So there's a lot of stuff that has been cut. And even J.J., as I read, has verified some of the stuff that's interesting that I didn't know that I think is really cool. So <clears throat> when you get to, let's see, it's unclear whether or not Han, Leia, Matt, or uh, Maz know about Ray's origins. But all of their conversations about Rey are cut short for the audience, hinting that they know exactly who she is, but we don't get to know yet. And I've talked about this on other shows where, for example, there's all kinds of convenient things that happen around Rey and the conversations that get cut off that suggest people know who she is, but the conversations they're having about her 
are being off are off screen and we don't get to see those yet so the three main points to this theory are as follows and this first one's exciting because I didn't know anything about this guy when when the force when we were all really excited about seeing this movie we're sitting in the theater for the first time it starts off by seeing Lore Santeca and he basically hands Poe the little chip or whatever it looks like a USB <laughs> thing or whatever and says this is what does he say this yeah. will make things right or yeah. this something like that yeah I hope this so, will begin to make things right <clears throat> yeah so I didn't know anything about this but like stuff that's come out since then this is what we know is that his village, Lorisantech's village, was part of the Church of the Force. And I'm imagining that a lot of you know about this stuff now because you've talked about it. So they're saying how coincidental it was that his village is so close to Rey's salvage town that it almost seems like he was kind of an Obi-Wan Kenobi type figure. Like he was in the vicinity and he's watching Rey. I mean, okay, maybe that's not what it is. But when you consider the fact that according to the novels that you find out, he has a very strong connection to Luke Skywalker. And Chad, maybe you you know, maybe you have read about that. I don't know. I'm just reading what this guy says. But he says that he thinks as far as this theory goes, it's a crucial part of evidence for believing Ray's identity is known and understood by Luke's inner circle, like Leia, Han, Lor Senteca, Maz, people like that. That when we watch the movie for the first time, you don't think that they're all connected, but you realize obviously they are. Um then there's the whole thing about the Millennium Falcon and Ray or uh, Han and Chewie being that close. That you know people have written it off as just a. In the movie, he says, "Oh yeah, it got lost and this and blah 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 or whatever." But it is super coincidental. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that just happens to be there, and the owner of it, the the famous smuggler, just happens to be not far away to find it. And then when you first. This goes into the second part, saying that Han, Leia, and Maz know who Rey are, but not at first. This is obviously part of the theory. So it's not confirmed, but it's what they think. Um, and this goes into some of the things that I've said. When when Han runs into them for the first time, they pull the grating off of Finn and her in the Millennium Falcon Dawn trying to fix it. He doesn't know who she is at first. They talk, they say what they're doing, and then Han says, okay, we'll do this, and then I'll drop you guys off on Jakku. Right? So then... Stuff goes crazy. The Rathars, which is one of the scariest monsters in all of Star Wars, gets out, and uh, he they they all the stuff gets changed. So then they have to take off, and Han realizes, okay, I got to get these people to uh, to Maz. She'll know what to do. Blah 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 blah. But when they're pulling into there for the first time, whatever planet I can't remember what planet Maz was on. Do we remember that what that was? I can't. I can't. I can't remember. Anyways. Ray says, I didn't know there was this much green in the galaxy. And I've said this from the beginning when I first saw this movie. Han looks at her, and the scene is, like, stuck on them for, like, I shouldn't say an eerie, like, a, a, a long, awkwardly long time, because that's definitely what happened with her and Luke at the end of the movie. But he looks at her kind of like he feels sorry for her. Almost like, I mean, if to feel sorry for somebody, you'd have to... I mean, it's like he knows something, but he doesn't say anything. Then later... You get the quick scene where Maz you know, looks at him and says, okay, tell me about the girl, or who's the girl, whatever the line is. And then it cuts away. You don't see anything. Okay, so whether or not that's true, you go to the lightsaber scene where Ray and Finn, they start to go separate ways, and Ray starts hearing the lightsaber, like you were talking about, Chad, has the ability to call mm -hmm. out to people and stuff. So the lightsaber starts calling out to her. She goes down there. Of course, Maz, Maz has it. And it's in this room. Now, we know that lightsabers can 
cards people, but we don't necessarily know that lightsabers can just unlock doors at their will. <laughs> like they just, you know, the door unlocks, it opens up. It all seems rather staged. Sure. Right. And then not long after, we'll come back to the to the as JJ calls it the force back instead of a flashback. We'll come back to that in a second. But right after she's done with it, Maz is right there. Like she knew right. what was happening. You know, she knew that she found it. And um, this is another really cool thing that I didn't know. Did you guys tell me if you knew this? The box that she found it in is right. Obi-Wan's box. I, I did see that later. I didn't know I that. I didn't know that at the time, but I did see uh, that later. I don't think I knew that. So that right there tells you that Luke has had that lightsaber. He's had to have had that lightsaber since he lost an investment. Because who else would have got that box from Obi-Wan's belongings? Right? So, let's go into the Force back. And here's another thing. I never, I've never, i never seen it it broken down like this, but it's really cool. So, the first scene is shot in Cloud City, where Luke fought Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back. And Abrams actually confirmed this and said that he act, they actually wanted to show some of the fight itself, but then chose to make it more eerie by illuminating an empty hallway and not showing any of the fight. Um, but then... There's a crash, and she finds herself in front of Luke and R2 by the fire. And we hear Luke's, you know, his scream no from when he learned Darth Vader was his father. You can hear it in the background. Um, and then the scene changes to Knights of Ren and Kylo himself. Um, we Assuming it's Kylo, because it looks just like him and his mask and everything. Standing around a group of bodies, presumably the next generation of Jedi trained by Luke. That's what I got by it. Okay, like it's the massacre or whatever. Someone goes to, it really looks like they're about to hit Ray or whoever she's like seeing the, the version of from their point of view and Ray kills them before they can do it. Ray whoever, it, whether it's Ray or uh, Kylo. Does. No, Kylo. Did yeah. I say Ray? Yeah, you did. Sorry. Kylo kills the person. So it, presumably stopping them from, from killing either her in something she's remembering or Whoever's, you know, she's remembering the, a vision of someone else almost being killed. And Kylo somehow spares them. Um, and then we see Rey when she's a kid getting left to Jakku with, you know, uh, I guess his name's Unkar. Yeah. The guy that was given her portions as an unknown ship flies away that looks a lot of, a lot like the concept art, apparently, for Rey's ship, which I never saw the concept art, but apparently it looks just like that. So we're assuming... If you assume that's a coincidence or whatever. But finally, we get a glimpse of the future where Ray confronts Kylo, a circular base, and we hear Obi-Wan Kenobi calling out. And that's when he says, these are your first steps. So the question that this theory asks is, what do all of those scenes have in common? And it's obviously the lightsaber. Because all of those scenes, the lightsaber is in those scenes. Or is present in those scenes. And they all, ha they all also happen in chronological order. Um, which I didn't pay attention to at that point in time. So first is when Luke fights Darth Vader. Okay, then presumably we're assuming that Luke found the lightsaber again because you saw later that it was in Obi-Wan's box. So we assume that he eventually at some point gets it. And when, you're, when he's with R2, that's what the theory kind of assumes he has it at that point. Um, and then... It says he, they say I believe he found the lightsaber again. One of his triggers of Ben Solo's turn to the dark side. This is where I started thinking. I'm kind of jumping off the rails from reading this and giving my own thoughts here, but 
Kylo we know from the very beginning, even before we knew anything about him, he was trying to find, track down relics, right? So to me, especially tied to Anakin, to Darth Vader, to me, just as a side note, I never thought about this before, but I think that he wants to get that lightsaber so he can turn the kyber crystal red. Because it's Anakin's original. It's the it's the kyber crystal that Anakin fine tuned. And so it's got Anakin's huh. force whatever Interesting. in it or connected to it. And he wants to take that and and either use it for himself or complete it into the dark side. I don't know. Um But uh going back to the thing here. We're seeing the aftermath of the Jedi massacre. It's this is going. This is kind of putting it in chronological order again. Um, and then we know Luke had to seek out the lightsaber himself because he finds, you know, Ray finds the lightsaber in the chest. And then there's the final rain scene. The blue lightsaber must have changed ownership to Ben Solo at this point. Um, as, you know, assuming that Luke was going to give it to him, and then he turns to Kylo Ren or whatever. And then in each of these scenes, it's saying that the lightsaber is Keith. Some of this stuff is hard to put together in words except for just reading it um but the main point is is that they're saying that each of these things was tied to the lightsaber and it strongly believes that based on the movie that one of the both raised parents were luke's were, okay this is where it ties into her apparently uh not being a, a skywalker or a kenobi or whatever is the fact that it suggests that the lightsaber is basically kind of like a torch that's being passed on because in the A New Hope it was passed basically from Obi-Wan to Anakin or Obi-Wan to Luke essentially being Anakin to Luke and in this movie in this series we're assuming it's being passed from Luke on to Rey but it's it's I was going to say that Okay, the, let me jump. That Ray's parents were just part of these kind of the Church of the Force group, and the, they were elite members. Yeah, they're trying. Her father. They're was trying to change. To the one yeah, they're trying to say that she was, that her parents were, basically connected. Yeah, connected to Luke with this Church of the Force, and that they were there during, the possibly killed, right. during the massacre, and that Luke. But 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 the whole point of the whole thing is saying that the and going back to like what the plots of this the first movie was is that they're trying to hide this lightsaber, trying not to trying not to let Kylo or essentially Snoke or whoever get a hold of this lightsaber, and that maybe his her parents or her family or whatever had a big part in doing that, and so he not when he goes and he hides the lightsaber he gives it to Maz, and then he goes. And hides the girl with maybe Lor Senteca or just you know Unku or whatever on Jakku, but Lor Senteca is there. His people are there. Han Solo and Chewie are also around there. Leia has stuff to do because she's running the Resistance, but she also kind of knows because she's in his inner circle. And then Luke takes off. So it's like he's separating these pieces that, when put together, as we see in the Force Awakens, when she gets the lightsaber, she starts getting really after she touches the lightsaber, once she finds it and has the force back, she has the awakening, basically. And the force awakened in her. Something that was asleep in her. And I don't know if that means she was trained. And again, going back to some of our own theories about her, maybe just somehow forgetting some of the stuff or being forced to forget. But this theory also 
suggest that she knows who Luke is. She just didn't remember. It was like it was all dormant. Well, because we talked about Luke of whatever. possibly taking memories away through the Force as well. As a, that's an ability the Force has. Yes. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that... Some of this says that when she, for example, meets Leia at the end after Han died, um, at this point, it suggests that she figured out who Luke was as being the person that left her on Jakku, not her parents. Because Maz says, you know the answer, that they're not coming back. You're, who, you're, who you're waiting for is not coming back, but there is someone who could. She says Luke. And so Ray's trying to find out who her parents are. Yeah, Ray's trying to find out who her parents are, but really who who the one person who can come back is Luke. Her parents suggestively are dead or suggestively aren't coming back. But Luke can. And Luke can kind of basically reunite and yeah, restart something that was started and put on hold basically by Kylo turning or whatever happened with Kylo and Snoke and all that stuff. And the and the lightsaber and its whatever its weird energy is the key to the whole thing. And so that's why in the original, you know, writing or whatever, they were talking about it being keeping it away from Kylo or Snoke and getting it back to Luke safely. I like the whole I like I mean, all the four stuff because I mean yeah. we've talked about that being seemingly where they're headed as really putting a lot more emphasis on the forest and kyber crystals, even with Rogue One and the the comics and everything like that. So, I you know I hope parts of that are true. It's unlikely that everything is is true in that, but if even if some parts of it line up or are similar, that the lightsaber does indeed kind of have its own entity in the force and is is the one that awakened. You know, Ray maybe before Luke wanted it to happen, or maybe Luke didn't want it to happen at all. He was hoping it all just go away, and then maybe that's what leads to some of the grumpy Luke stuff. Um, but uh, putting more emphasis on the it talks about in the yeah, it talks about how the end. Where if you think about the end scene more, it kind of has a different meaning when you think about it being a basically a full circle yeah. moment where she's standing there. And reminding Luke who he is and, and what is out there for him to do, who she is, how the force connects them. And that and that it's kind of, that, that connection's kind of been temporarily broken. And then you see Luke's I mean, the the look on his face obviously was on purpose. There's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of feeling behind of it. stuff going on. Yeah, stuff going on in his head when he's seeing her. And it's like almost like most likely like he's realizing, okay, it's time. Like it's 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 time to do what I know has been coming basically. Right. Um, I mean, we could we could be all wrong all wrong about that, <laughs> but no, it's it's definitely interesting. There's so much like okay, going back and we said some of this off air, but the fact that I didn't get to pre-read all of this, I watched it in a video in the first format. It's a whole lot easier to follow in video format than to read it and jump around because there's like if I read all of this. It's probably like twenty minutes of reading. Some. <laughs> no, it is. It, it is interesting though, because that you know when you talk about the lightsaber too, um, Finn. I think Finn was asked Maz how he got the lightsaber, and she's like, "That's a story for another day." So you know, it's interesting. How did she get the lightsaber? And obviously, there is a story there. We just don't know what it is. Um, and then uh, 
yeah, that's kind of interesting. I never heard that thought too about um, Kylo wanting the lightsaber to basically make it bleed, you know, make it red so that it's his uh, his lightsaber now. And you kind of think about that with his his lightsaber he has and the fact that it's uncontrollable and, and he needs it. yeah. Um, and then I started thinking about how Chad, you read that that Vader comic the other day. When he had to kill that Jedi to get his crystal to make his lightsaber, right? To make, you know, because to this point, to make it red, to this yeah. point, that that lightsaber is technically still a Jedi's lightsaber, right? In order know? to make, and Palpatine says in that comic, in order to make a, in order to make a Sith blade with a red kyber crystal, you have to take it from a Jedi in battle. Like that's that's how you do that. It's not just something you can. That's why they burnt all the other ones. They incinerated every other Jedi that they had killed, and he didn't give one of those to Vader to just make it. Him and Palpatine had that conversation. And Vader said he could have just given me Yoda's, and I could have made that red, but it wouldn't have been mine. I have to take it from them in battle, and that's what makes it his and gives him the ability to make it bleed and fuse it with his pain and hatred. So. There's a lot to it. But it's weird how Kylo... It's weird how Kylo... I mean, these new movies, everything's different. It's like a whole new ballgame because they're changing See, the rules. Kylo? Because where Kylo's basically just like, give it to me. Like, yeah, I can teach maybe, you the Force, but give me that lightsaber. Kylo wants it and he's going to use it against Snoke. He's going to say, he's the double agent. Uh, Here we go. Yeah, double agent. Kylo Ren. He wants Anakin's original lightsaber because he knows of all the good that it's done. How much Luke had it. And 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 he's gonna keep it blue. Well, technically though, <laughs> keep it blue. Technically though, it did kill children. Uh, let's true. let's true. say. I mean, think about it this way. Think about it this way. If Luke's a gray Jedi now, and he's not really a Jedi, is he a Jedi? And Snoke, I don't know. Well, he is. I guess if, he is. He's, he's the last Jedi. So well, yeah. we call him gray Jedi's. But if he's like, if he's no longer a regular Jedi, and he's mm-hmm. like a balance. And we use that word balance again. And Snoke is definitely not mm-hmm. balanced. He's more to sure. the dark side. Then what if Kylo's like, I'm going to finish what my what balance my grandfather started to bring balance to the Kylo, force. I got to Snoke, Snoke does say that he needs, that Kylo Ren is the perfect, you know, potter's clay because he's a balance of oh, both brother. sides. He's not a double agent, though. He killed his own dad. You don't kill your own dad. It was dad a sacrifice the sacrifice his dad was willing to make to see the mission through. It was not. He see was the not. mission he was freaking through. Murdered. He was murdered. He was murdered. Like, Do it, son. I, I've lived my Ridiculous. life. <laughs> Luke almost killed his own dad. That's different. Almost. He was bad, and then he didn't. He he didn't. He changed his. You know. He 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 didn't give in. Luke was bad, or uh, Vader was bad to Luke. Han was bad to Kylo. He was, Oh come on. I mean, it's all. It's all he was evil. Vader Han was evil from a from a yeah, certain Han point of view. Oh, Han, if Kylo get out doesn't of here. kill me now, Snoke is gonna kill no, him. No, you're so full of garbage. Snoke is gonna kill him, and I would you're rather so die. No, I, I will say this. I will say this, Brian. I do think. I do think there's. I do think there's more to the eye with that whole death scene. I do think that Han did know something. That I think Han knew what was gonna happen. I don't think Han was surprised. No, he did not know that he was gonna be killed. He thought. He thought Ray. He thought Kylo was giving him the lightsaber, like you know what I mean. He dropped his helmet. Here's my lightsaber. 
You know what I mean? Like, and he took it as I don't, you know, I don't have this. I don't know what to do. I don't have the strength. Can you help me? Like, can you help me walk away from Snoke? Basically, mm-hmm. not kill me. Not can you help me kill you? You know what I mean? Come on. Like he said, "I'm in so much pain." His son was in pain. He saw his son. So he literally so, it, he was being ripped okay, apart. So Han and a so, lot of that. So think about a lot of that now. was because a so lot of that was because of his parents. Okay, so you're, you're he kept feeling the pull. You're Han Solo. Your kids like you know your kids going to the dark side, and by theoretically you're saying you know that by by allowing your kid to kill you, he can complete his journey to the dark side. You're gonna let him do it. How's that make him better? Makes I don't no know sense. if that necessarily completes his journey really to the dark side, but I. Well, it doesn't complete it, but it definitely aids. He's not dumb because I'm, Snoke says, uh, you know, he bring him, we need to complete his training. So he's not uh, on another uh, on another note. This is this is kind of off that note, but but having to do with Han, um, it does. This does theory does bring up another interesting idea. It's not part of the theory, I don't think, but it fits into it. Um, it makes a lot of sense if you think about Unku or Unkar. What's his name? Unkar. Unkar. <laughs> When you think about him and the fact that he, you know, was not, he was giving her a job basically, but he wasn't like, you know, super nice to her, right? He was ripping her off with stuff. He wanted the droid. He had, you know, he didn't necessarily tell those guys to rough her up, but he did send those guys after her to get her. Um, It makes sense if someone said, I need you to watch this kid and give her something to do. You know, what's in it for me? Han, leave him the Falcon. We'll give you the Falcon. If you give this girl a job, you watch this girl. Basically, make sure she eats, and don't tell you know don't tell anybody about her. Just keep it on the down low. You can have this. We'll trade you this for that if you do it. Those are all holes. Think about it. It kind of makes kind of makes sense. Well, I hope you enjoyed this theory segment, and uh, we kind of went all over the place there, but. but it's interesting. I guess we'll find out the last Jedi, who's right and who's wrong. Chad. Mm. Um, but uh, so it's good. So Dave's gonna bring us theories as he finds them on the interwebs. Better prepared in the future. That was fine. Or if he makes up his own, you know, Dave, feel free to just break the so internet with your Kylo own theories. Ren, he's a double yeah. agent. All right, so hear me out. <laughs> so I'll come back with a theory next week of how how it all fits. <laughs> All right, so uh, Chad, um, you know, before we get to uh, to Pablo's tweets, uh, tell us about Battlefront. So Battlefront is a Star Wars game, Battlefront One, and it came out a couple years ago. <laughs> and right now on the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four, it costs a whopping six dollars to purchase the game, and then for free you can get all the extra maps and all the extra heroes and all the the DLC. The season pass is free right now on Xbox Live and PlayStation 4. Um, if you like Star Wars and you didn't get to play it, definitely play that game. There's there's a lot of flaws in the game, but as I mentioned on our South Dakota Gamer podcast when it first came out, if you like Star Wars and you just want to hear and feel like you're in the Star Wars universe, this is a game to play. Fantastic, and for six bucks. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's good until like the first week of I October. I think that's when I saw it ended, like fourth or fifth so, or something. Get on that. You can't afford not to, as some might say. All right. Yeah. Chad, it's your favorite segment. 
Pablo's tweets. All right. This week, friend of the show, Pablo Hidalgo, has tweeted some things. He did retweet the whole pork stuff, so we'll move on past that. Um, there is a book coming out the 3rd of October called 40 Stories Celebrating 40 Years of Star Wars from a Certain Point of View. Um, and there's a lot of different authors writing a bunch of different stories. Pablo Hidalgo is writing one of the stories, and it refers to Tarkin. And he has a quote from Tarkin. Um, and Pablo says, Get inside Tarkin's head on the very eve of his triumph in my forthcoming short story from a certain point of view. And he has a quote here saying, Tarkin says, You may fire when ready, Tarkin said at long last, and he allowed himself the briefest of smiles. Seconds later, hmm. blown into oblivion. <laughs> so I give you a little... little so is, and I think the story is called Verge of the Greatness. Story, yeah, the, little, the short story is called Verge of Greatness. Called? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you, if you want to see Pablo's story as part of the story group actually writing some of the story, uh, from a certain point of view, comes out October 3rd, I believe. Um, I'm definitely, as I'm sure, as a surprise to no one, will pick up a copy for myself. Um, and there you go. Pablo's Tweet of the Week this week. Friend of the show. Thank you, Pablo. We appreciate it. Because he did it just for That's us. Right. Um, Thank you, Pablo. Yeah. So, You um, know, my first dog was named Pablo. Was it now? Huh. Yeah, and my fourth dog. Hmm. Episode one and four, mm, both named Pablo. That's weird. All right, then. <laughs> All right I think we're going to wrap this dogs. thing up. Um, so hey hope you enjoyed the podcast be sure to check out our uh, comics cast uh, podcast comes out usually about midweek or so um, doing Vader uh, the Star Wars main storyline Princess Leia which Chad loves that comic um, and then any other comics that have come out during that time I'm sure we'll jump into Chewbacca soon C-3PO Han Solo um, I can't think of all the rest Poe Dameron there's a whole bunch of them so Check it out. It fills in the gaps. It's canon. You need to know it. Um, check out the website, StarWarsRampPodcast.com. Check out our Facebook page, all that good stuff. Check out our faces. On the website, yes. Sure. And Chad's bio, particularly Chad's bio. Please check like that need... out. Spend a lot of time on that. Uh, nothing. <laughs> I need nothing. Spend a lot of time on that. Check for grammatical errors. <laughs> all right. Uh, of course, Yoda it. didn't use proper grammar. So, Chad and Dave, thanks for another great night. Um, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Move along. Adios. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Ramp Podcast with your host, Brian Seddon, along with Chad Viz and Dave Mann. Follow them on Facebook at Star Wars Ramp Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.